we're gonna start this thing up in just a few seconds with the usual <clears throat> bottle beer beer bottle open bit but um, there's just no point in avoiding the fact that it's been a pretty rough week uh, situations in the US and here in Toronto and Canada um, surrounding racism and uh, just the terrible terrible situations that so many uh, black people and people of color find themselves <sighs> stuck in um, with the police and with society as a whole um, there's not a lot I don't know not a lot I can say and offer to help um, I'm going to talk about it more towards the end of the pod but uh, I just didn't think there was any point in trying to dance around it or hide that fact um, feeling pretty pretty bleak about the whole situation so I wanted to address that right off the top and and say um, without ambiguity um, racism of all forms uh, whether that's between police and specific communities or individuals or governments as a whole it's crazy to me that it's still something we're dealing with but we're dealing with it every single day and that's just not okay and I'm so sorry for my part of that um, the ways that I am complicit and um, just being part of a culture that was built on racism and still seems to exist based on it but it's Monday night and I got a beer so let's jump into the Toronto Beer Podcast. Okay, well, hey now, back to the good old ways, good old days. It's dark in here. Okay, that's a bit better. Thank you, YouTube. Well, welcome back. Whew. What a week. It is I, your friend, an intrepid beer friend. I'm your beer friend, not your boyfriend, your beer friend. Hmm. I wonder if that's like a done thing. Hey, MVP brew. Oh my gosh. I don't oh, look at that. all sorts of people, man. I really goofed and didn't do the uh, Instagram last week and all these people, obviously jazz to, to get involved. I like it. I like it. Okay. So what's going on? It is Monday night. It's nine 30. It's a bit later than usual. I'm sorry. I was just on a zoom call, which is what the cool kids are doing these days. I think that's the idea. If, uh, if you're anyone, you need to be on a zoom call. I'm on a zoom call was on a zoom call. Um, for something I'm very excited about, actually. I'm not going to lie. I'm helping uh, a group of friends uh, who are shanty singers, you know, like uh, acapella singing songs of the sea, like a bunch of sailors. And I love it. And uh, they're going to be appearing in a, uh, uh, a festival. They were supposed to be uh, uh, participating in an Oban, Scotland, but obviously mm, travel restrictions. So they've moved to digital and the festival is uh, taking place next Saturday, this Saturday coming up uh, five days. And uh, I'm just I'm going to help them with a bit of the uh, bit of the tech and they're going to be uh, working out of my church, which is fun. So I'm excited. Good times on that Zoom call. A uh, little more business before we get on to the uh, the key tonight, the beer we're drinking tonight. Pardon me, I'm already drinking beer. I'm going to have a sip. Mm. Oh, that's better. Um, 
last week, if you did not tune in on the YouTube, then you would have missed that I did a fantastic, very long episode with Sam uh, Corbeil from um, uh, Sada City Brewing. And uh, we had a lot of fun chatting about some pretty interesting stuff. And then I gave him a very long somewhat silly at points um quiz because podcasts are all about the quizzes these days apparently and uh he did okay he did okay i've got a score right here actually was uh he got 57 out of 79 it's definitely a pass so good for Sam. Good times. I have not released the audio for that yet. So if you are listening to this in your podcast feed, don't go looking for it. It's not there yet. Uh, I had to download the video back from YouTube and then I had to chop out the anyway. It's been a bit of a fiasco and I still haven't filed my taxes until two days ago. So that was kind of bearing down on me. But anyway, we're done all that now. And I'm going to release that later this week as a little bonus app. Uh, I'd save for the Patreon. But obviously, I don't do that. So is Patreon to <laughs> No, You know what? Now nah, I'm going to stop. Let's not do that joke. That's why we do this live, guys. You got to got to be on your game. Um, it was a joke about OnlyFans. And if uh, <laughs> if you know what that is, you're a terrible person. Uh, my wife's reminding me that she thinks I should make a Kahoot quiz of the uh, quiz I gave to Sam. And you could all see how you do on it. Maybe I should make the Kahoot quiz before I release the podcast so that if you haven't seen it, you can't cheat and know the answers in advance. That's some something right there. I might do that. I have to get the kids to show me how to make a Kahoot. I am not familiar with the Kahoot platform, so... That's where we're at. That's the business of the night. Done. Dusted. Let's drink some beer. I had the most serendipitous, lovely surprise on Friday while I was delivering the mail in the beach neighborhood where I live on Lee Avenue, no less, if you're familiar with the beach. As I was walking along delivering my mail, I saw up ahead a familiar face. And who should it be? But friend of the pod, man I've mentioned before because he has the funnest name to say in the world, it was none other than Mr. Mick McNamara, uh, now of Oast House Brewers, and he was delivering some beer, as we do these days. Uh, you know, everyone's delivering the beers, and he was out doing the job. I need another sip of beer, one sec. So I called out... Hey, no Irish in the beach because he's Irish. Um, it was hilarious and we all had a good time. Anyway, uh, he gave me some Bruce and I said, I'm going to drink one of these on the pot on Monday and I'm going to message you on Monday and you can remind me all the details. And he did. And they're on my phone, which is <laughs> great because it's live streaming to Instagram right now. I'm going to have to do this by memory. So anyway. What have we got? Well, this absolutely delightful, if you're watching the video, uh, can of Forgotten Field Sour IPA. Now, if you're looking, you can see. If you're listening, most of the label <clears throat> is taken up with what I can only describe as a very attractive sort of wallpaper print. 
sort of, uh, what would we call that? Not quite Wedgwood blue. It's a bit lighter than that. A dusty blue, kind of pink florally motif. It's quite attractive. But no matter whether you're only listening or listening and watching, you can't tell that it's textured. It actually feels like wallpaper. It's incredible. This might be my favorite label on a beer. I don't want to say ever, because that's a big claim, but certainly in recent memory. Just gorgeous. Um, you drink, you taste with all of your senses. If you know enough about taste, you know it's partially your tongue and parts of the inside of your mouth where you get... Um, sensory receptors of things like sweet, sour, bitter, salty, um, etc. I've probably forgotten one in that list. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then when you say this tastes like Chinook hops, that's not in your mouth. That's in your nose. That's scent. That, but it's taste. It's kind of tricky. Um, but you also drink with your eyes, which is why so many people see a dark, dark beer and immediately assume it's going to be heavy or something like that. Um, your eyes educate uh, your, your, your senses. And similarly, touch can uh, impact your, uh, your senses, which is why a beautiful piece of glassware, like I'm holding up for the cameras here, which uh, this is, of course, the Spiegelau IPA glass. I thought that was a good choice, given that this is an IPA. Um, it does look like a mix, as I always say, between a bong and a sex toy, but it's delightful and it feels good in your hand and that elevates the experience. And for me, I don't know, but I'm expecting this wonderful textured wallpaper label from Ostos Brewers is going to elevate the experience for me. So let's do a little live Foley. Ah, there it is. Just waving at all the crowd coming in here. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm burning through my voice right now. I hope I'm not raspy by the end of this. Might be, I might do my jazz thing. Yes. Chris Schreier for CBC Radio 2. That last track featured Ed Chavanusi on Claves. Something like that. Uh, here we go. A pouring beer. Oh, get it up into the camera and try not to pour it on your crotch. That is always the challenge. This is not the cleanest beer glass I've ever drank out of. Little pro tip, kids. Nice little tap on something solid and you'll knock some of the bubbles off. Uh, this is wonderful, lemony yellow, hazy, but not a hazy boy, just hazy. Can't really see through it, but it's not thick. It's still fairly clear, um, but definitely not uh, not translucent by any standards. Um, looking like a good act of carbonation out of my somewhat dirty glass. Mmm, okay. Wow, that's interesting. So sour IPA. I hope you're making notes, kids. Sour IPA. I mean, right away on the nose, you get the um, the smell of the lactobacillus, which is the, the bacteria that creates the souring effect. Um, this is a kettle sour. So what that means, I, I'm going to try and make sure I get this right. They take the wort which is the the extract of uh, of of the the malt with the water and it gets transferred to the kettle 
and then it sits in the kettle without boiling for a few days. And there's natural bacteria from the grains, the malt, um, in that liquid. And that includes lactobac lactobacillus is the, the bacteria. And it starts consuming some of the sugar, but rather like yeast creating... Um, uh, uh, carbon dioxide and ethyl alcohol. I'm not entirely sure everything lactobacillus does, but one thing it definitely creates is lactic acid. Um, same stuff that you get in your muscles that makes you sore. And in this case, it's in your beer and it makes it taste sour. Um, sometimes it can get into yogurty tasting because of course the sourness in yogurt and sour cream and some cheeses, even um, cream cheese. I like a little tart in my cream cheese. That's lactic acid. Um, it's acid that's developed in, in the milk. So, um, so that's where we get the sourness from. And um, unlike you can't say that something smells sour. That doesn't make any sense because you remember what I was saying earlier. Sour is part of your mouth. That's not part of your nose. You can't really smell sour. What happens in your brain if you think you're smelling something sour is you're smelling something that you know tastes sour and it's making you remember that. Okay. So I know that lactic acid is sour. It's an acid. Acids tend to be sour uh, to varying degrees, depending on the acid. Um, so when I smell lactic, uh, lactobacillus in, in the beer, I know that I'm smelling something sour. I can't smell sour. You only taste sour. But I'm aware that this thing that I'm smelling is sour. So this smells quite sour. <laughs> All that to say, uh, this smells sour, which is a stupid thing to say. But it does. Um, very lactic on the nose. And I say very, I, I mean, it's not very, it's not aggressive. It doesn't make my eyes water or my nose tingle, but there's a very clear lactic presence. It's also, um, flowery, um, which is a little hard to disentangle from the, uh, from the lactic acid, but a nice kind of floral presence to it. And, and something grainy malty, but I'm not 100% sure. So let's, uh, let's have a little sip, as they say. Oh, mm. oh, that's such good news. Okay, before I tell you why that's good news, this beautiful wallpaper can, this is the first one I've had. I've never had this beer before. Um, I just opened it now. You heard the... That was this guy. And it was risky business because the thing with sour IPAs is that they can be pretty sour, <laughs> like aggressively sour, painfully sour sometimes. And, and hey, if that's your jam, cool, man. I'm not going to yuck your yum. It's just not my thing. I don't like drinks that challenge me. Uh, I like drinks that I just enjoy. Um, this one is lovely and tart, but it's light. Um, it, the, the acidity is definitely there. There's no doubt that this is a, a kettle soured beer, but it isn't even puckering. It doesn't kind of, you know, that feeling in your cheeks in there doesn't even do that. It's just nicely lacticy sour. And then, mm, very creamy mouthfeel. Again, you almost wonder, I wonder if the can says if there's any Anything in there that might make it extra creamy oats or something doesn't say, but uh, but it is delightful. Again, floral. It's interesting because as an IPA, um, it isn't aggressively bitter. Mm. 
and interesting the 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 barley comes through on the end there's a really nice multi little glimmer at the end of the uh, the sip hmm yeah yeah nicely oh that's interesting nicely sour lactic-y not quite lemony it's a little different very creamy feeling a bit of a dryness that's undoubtedly the hops but it's not squeaky and then this sweet malty finish it's very unexpected um that it's got this it's the sweetness is on the the end of the 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 sip which i'm not accustomed to that's not normally my experience now if you're familiar with that old diagram of the tongue and it showed you, I'm, I'm gesturing, by the way, if you're listening only on the cameras, I'm trying to make a tongue with my hands. Well, maybe I could do it like this. Um, and they would say that the very tip is where sweet is. And then it's like bitter is down the side and like salty is kind of here. Or no, wait, bitter is at the back. I, mean, I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it was all bullshit. Um, you have taste receptors all around your mouth of all of those tastes. And in some people, it's definitely there are areas of concentration, but that's by no means universal. Um, but typically, because of that, I think I got programmed that you expect sweetness the instant it touches your tongue, because they would tell you that the sweet parts like right at the very tip of your tongue. Untrue, but like I said, uh, you're pre-programmed and sometimes it's you doing that, seeing, touching, smelling, hearing. And sometimes it's because you've been told it, which I suppose you could argue is hearing. But anyway, um, because of that, I tend to always expect the sweet character of the beer to be one of the first things I taste. Um, in this case, it's not. It's literally the last thing, which is very interesting. That is a really good sour IPA. Like I say, creamy mouthfeel, a little bit of a sweet finish. It's definitely hoppy, but I can't really grab too much to say about the hops. There's a, a dryness in the middle part that's quite nice and a floral kind of thing, but it's hard to disentangle that from the lactobacillus. And then this very nice, gently tart um, presence. It's this is this is a really, really good sour IPA. Now, caveat, as I was saying earlier, if you like like teeth stripping tear forming cheek puckering this isn't the one for you but if you like a nice balanced not aggressively anything sour ipa you just want something that's bright and refreshing you could do a lot worse than this i'll tell you that this is a very good nice balanced sour ipa um this by the way if you are into seasonality with beer one of these people, oh, I only drink porters in the winter. Or, or you say, oh, it's November, it's porter time. I like a porter in July myself. But if you like to keep your beers seasonal, that's cool. Again, I don't want to rain on your parade. This is going to be a summer beer for you. It's very refreshing. It's not particularly effervescent. I was saying it had a high looking carbonation. It, it, I was wrong about that. I think it's just because my glass was dirty. Uh, But yeah, very refreshing. None of the components are particularly um, over the top. 
I'm staying away from the word drinkable because I know that's a silly way to describe beer. It's liquid. If you can pour it down your mouth, it's drinkable. But it's a very refreshing. Um, it's a beer that keeps you coming back so much. So I'm probably going to pour a little bit more into my glass while we talk. It is delightful. Now, food, 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 food. What would you eat with this delightful Oh, sour IPA from Oast House. Now, of course, Oast House is in the delightful and charming Niagara on the Lake. Uh, who doesn't like Niagara on the Lake? Well, no one I know. It's lovely. Um, it's sour, but there's a creaminess to it. That makes me think we need to do something with some sort of a cheese. Oh, what would you know what would be interesting? Do you guys know what um is it called queso cojito? I wonder if I can flip over here. If you lose me on Insta or on YouTube, I'm sorry, one second. Queso co, co sorry, cotilla. C-O-T-I-J-A. This is this cheese that I eat when I'm in Nicaragua, and it's like feta. It's crumbly. And it doesn't melt. It doesn't have um, uh, rennet in it. It's like a fresh cheese, but it's very, it's quite tart and it's very salty. So it's like feta. It's different though. Um, not quite as tart as feta, saltier. Really nice. Great. Oh, making me hungry for breakfast in Nicaragua. You get a plate with gallo pinto, which is like a beans and rice with peppers in it. Mm. Uh, some fried plantain, some fried eggs, and a couple of nice slices of um, queso cotilla. That is a breakfast of champions. So that actually, let's go with that, with that breakfast right there. And here's why. Gallo Pinto is tasty, very stodgy and stick to your ribs kind of rice dish. But it's not it's not that it's bland, but it's not a particularly gastrically exciting dish. Um, typically, I mean, it's it's peasant food, right? It's it's from uh, the second poorest country in the uh, Western Hemisphere. This is food that you eat because you have access to these ingredients and it's quite complete because, of course, it's got rice and beans and some vegetables in it. Um, and so it's eaten I, I, most Nicaraguans that I know would eat gallo pinto at least once a day, if not multiple times. Um, it's it's a it's just a sturdy, good for you, uh, starch protein mix. But again, it's not wildly interestingly tasting, especially after eating it for say your whole life. Um, so here the beer the beer is going to kind of play off of that. Um, gallo pinto, it's, it's, um, you use a lot of the boiling liquid from the beans. So it's quite starchy and, uh, the tartness of the beer is going to set off on that. Uh, and then you're going to have your plantain. Oh, fried plantain. It's sweet. And uh, how do you describe the taste of a plantain? It's like somewhere between like a potato and taro. There's no banana to it. Like people always think it tastes like a banana. It doesn't taste like a banana. It's earthy. But then especially when you fry it, if it's maduro, which is like a fully ripe black plantain, which is sweet. And then you fry it and it gets all caramelized. Oh, man. And then a cup of coffee. Who needs beer? Forget it. Just have breakfast in Nicaragua sometime. Oh. <sighs> Nicaragua. Anyway, um, but this beer would work well with that. 
Um, again, with the, the plantain, a lot of earthy characteristics. So the floral is going to work well with that. And then, of course, the beautiful queso cotilla. Oh, salty, but a little lactic-y. It's going to go really well with the lactic-y sweetness in the beer. All juxtaposition flavors, okay? Nothing really complimentary in that, that mix. Uh, but it, I think that would be an interesting way of doing it. And this, is, by the way, would be a great breakfast beer. And if me saying breakfast beer disturbs you, we haven't hung out enough. Okay, that was kind of free associating, but I th I'm going to stick with that. That was a good one. Nicaraguan breakfast with Oast House uh, Forgotten Field Sour IPA. Again, I'm going from memory, but I'm pretty sure Mick said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's available at the LCBO, but as we discussed in the last episode, especially in the last episode, which you had to have seen with Sam, might be the next episode if you're listening to this on your podcast feed. We were talking about the problem right now. There was a policy change at the LCBO, and so breweries aren't allowed to make sales calls, and I mean physical calls, like on a telephone, to the LCBO. And the thing about the LCBO that a lot of people don't realize is each individual store more or less decides what it stocks. So store X, my local store just down the way on Queen Street um, in the, the redeveloped church, they decide I'm going to stock this beer or they decide I'm going to stop stocking this beer or they're going to decide we ran out of this beer. We're not going to order more. Unfortunately, it also means that sometimes they run out of the beer and they just forget. So most breweries that are big enough have a dedicated LCBO salesperson or a few regionally, um, but even the smallest ones, part of the salesperson or the <laughs> whoever makes the beer and sells it, um, their job is regularly calling the LCBOs where they're um, stocked at and saying, hey, do you need more beer? Hey, do you need more beer? Um, so this beer is available. It's a listed skew at the LCBO, but... That doesn't mean it's going to be at your local LCBO. And this, my friends, is where you come in. Because what you need to do is go to your local LCBO. And go into the beer section and look around and look confused. Where's the beer? I need my Forgotten Field Sour IPA from Osthouse Brewers. And you could say to a person who works there, do you have it? And, um, you know, if they, if they did, it would be there and you would have seen it and bought it already. So they will say no. And you say... Who do I need to talk to about getting that ordered into the store? Depending on the size of the store, they might have something called a beer captain, which is a terrible name, but we'll leave that for the moment. Uh, otherwise, it's probably the assistant manager or maybe the manager of the store and say, hey, check it out. You need to look up the skew for this beer. It's called uh, Forgotten Fields Sour IPA from Ostest Brewing. It's a local brewery. They're in Niagara-on-the-Lake. They're nearby. Uh, beautiful. One of the most attractive cans you're ever going to see. This thing is going to fly off the shelves. Buy it and they can bring it in. You need to do this because the brewery can't. They're not allowed to do that right now. It's to try and like make everyone's life easier with COVID because apparently, I don't know, you can't answer the phone. You're too busy spritzing things with alcohol based sanitizer. So that's what you're going to need to do. Also, do that with every brewery you love. 
go into your LCBO. If they don't have the beer you're looking for and you know it's available through the LCBO and you love that brewery, tell that LCBO to bring that beer in because you're the only one who can do it right now. I can too, so I do it too. But you need to be helping out these breweries because they can't make sales calls right now, but you can. So please do that. Uh, that's your project for the week. Uh, so yeah, LCBO also, as noted, Mick seemed to be delivering beer that I think the person had bought. I don't think it was somebody he knew was just getting beer. So check out those tests, see what their online ordering is like. Most people have online ordering right now. Um, it's funny, the Zoom call I was on before I started this, uh, one of the gentlemen and I were discussing the fact that he's been getting biweekly, uh, orders from High Park Brewing, which is his local, uh, nearest to him brewery. And he said he, he didn't realize how well he was going to know the guy from the brewery uh, when he started this out, but now they've become buddies because he gets so much beer. So that's fantastic. Find your local brewery, order from them because they're your local. You got to watch out for them uh, and check out Oast uh, because like I said, this is fabulous stuff. And Oast makes a, a wide range of pretty awesome beers. And hey, when we're allowed to make non-essential trips, head down to Niagara-on-the-Lake. Check out Oast. Check out Exchange. Check out Silversmith. I'm probably forgetting others, and I'm really sorry. Check out Niagara College. I don't even know if they do tours, but if they do, good golly. <sighs> anyway, I'm getting all worked up here. I need a sip of beer. Mmm. Oh, and that's a good one. I could drink that all night. <clears throat> voice is definitely starting to peel out on me here. Uh, before my voice is totally destroyed, I want to say, I didn't say this off the top because not a lot of people are necessarily watching and listening off the top. Through the magic of digital audio workstations, this will be at the top. But anyway, um, it's been a really shitty week as uh, what it comes down to uh in terms of i i mean basically just racism um in in and not just in america in in canada and specifically in toronto too and and specifically with interactions with police um it's been a really bad week and uh i mean i don't know what to say that's part of the problem um it's sad and it's heartbreaking and I have so many friends who I know are feeling this pain in ways that I can't even really understand. Um, and so what do we do? Um, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not really even sure what the answer is. I think uh, part of it is pointing at it and identifying it and saying, this is racism. This is the textbook definition of systemic uh, generational racism, um, the way that especially we see people of color, uh, whether that's people of, of African or Caribbean descent, indigenous people, anybody uh, who identifies as a person of color, their interactions with police are so fraught, so fraught. Uh, with danger, um, personal and 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 for the the, the wider community, um, and I don't know what the answer is. Um, I was really heartbroken. I was talking with actually my priest, and we we're talking about this in a specific context. And she was saying uh, another um, 
another clergy member in the community who she knows, uh, who, who is a, a, a black man, um, person of color. He, his church has a policy to never, if at all possible, call 911. And that's pretty messed up, but also completely understandable. And, uh, so what do we do with that? I have friends who are police officers and I know they're honorable people, men in this case, they're the guys, they're all guys I know, um, who are part of a system that is just broken. Um, it works really well for some people and it works terribly for a lot of people and that's just not okay. And I don't know what that solution is. I don't know if that's political, not fully defunding, but changing funding and shifting things to community-based support groups, or I don't know. I know right now the best thing we can do is um, point at it, feel that pain, and and engage with it, because that's where the change is going to come from. And especially if you're not a person of color, you need to be open but you need to be very careful because this is not this is not about us <laughs> as much as we want to try and either be saviors as white people or uh or 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 allies but allies for the sake of acclamation not acclamation acclaim <laughs> that's not what this is about um so hopefully you have friends who are people of color. Um, they're hurting right now and they need love and support. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think the most important thing to remember, this isn't about us. Um, this is about a struggle that people, I, I'm saying us as white people, I'm a white person. Um, this is a bit of struggle that we are inherently part of, but have very little understanding of. For the most part, I'm generalizing. Um, so maybe try and work on that understanding. Um, don't ask your black friend, hey, tell me a book to read. They're hurting and they have too much stuff on their mind right now. Um, I've done that already. Not that specifically, but um, you mean well reaching out to a friend um, and you hope that that shows that you're trying to engage but it's not helpful um the most important thing right now that you can offer uh, a friend of yours who's a person of color is love a call a check-in how are you doing um this is awful and and um and that's about it um and then <laughs> going forward we need to be voting for politicians who make uh, relationships between police and people of color uh, a very high priority. We need people who are willing to point at racism and call it racism and not try and couch it in gentler terms. We need to hold media accountable. Um, and that's hard for an individual to do, so the best thing you can do is become involved in some sort of wider community that's, that's working towards that. Um, and that's the best I got right now. Aside from just a lot of pain and <sighs> confusion, if I'm honest, um, and just feelings of inadequacy and 
inability to help. So not a high that I like to end on, but that's where we're at right now. And uh, that's what the world's looking like. So uh, I usually tell you to take care of each other. I want you to be very careful this week um, that you're taking care of your friends who are people of color in honest and um, unselfish ways. Let's go with that. You might get it wrong, but get it wrong because you're trying in earnest to love people and to help them and learn when you get it wrong so that next time you get it right. Sorry, but that's where we're at as society right now. Love you guys all. Be good to each other. Talk at you in a week.